Welcome to the Marketing Society Sustainability Squad podcast, leading the conversation on ESG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marketing Society Sustainability Squad podcast series. My name is Abdurrahim, and I'm proud to be your host for this series. Hosted out of the UAE, the Sustainability Squad was set up to bring together a group of marketeers to help drive change around ESG, helping to curate high-quality content in the UAE's year of sustainability. We want to educate and inspire the Marcoms community globally to drive change around sustainability and ESG and empower other marketing community members around the world to contribute. We also want to put the Marketing Society at the heart of the sustainability dialogue in the build-up to COP28 and lead the conversation for the industry. Throughout this series, you'll be able to hear inspiring regional case studies and meet marketing leaders who have navigated their sectors and brands with great work around ESG. We're focusing from briefs to out in the market and from insights through to delivery and everything in between, covering topics such as sustainability and ESG literacy, creativity and storytelling, behavioral science. I'm pleased, like I said, to be joined by my co-hosts, Nada Sayah and Dan Bolton. Welcome, Nada. Thank you so much. Welcome, Dan. We're really excited to be here. So thank you for, for making all of this happen. So I'm pleased to introduce Nada to you all today as one of our co-hosts. Nada is a leading marketing and strategy professor and assistant dean at the SP Jan School of Global Management and leads the content arm of the Marketing Society Sustainability Squad. SP Jan is actually one of Asia's top-ranked business schools, ranked fourth in the world by the Times Higher Education, Wall Street Journal, MBA rankings, and amongst the top 20 in Forbes' best international one-year MBA rankings. After working in the industry with Tide, Ariel, P&G, Colgate, and other brands and businesses, and then 15 years in the University of Geneva, working in various sustainability projects and working with NGOs, Nada founded the project Rise Up, girls for high school empowerment living in rural areas. So it's a great pleasure to welcome you to the series. And Nada, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Abdurrahim, for uh, having me today. It's a pleasure uh, to get this podcast started. And I cannot wait to start making an impact. I also have a fellow co-host as well of the series in Dan Bolton. Many of you who will know Dan is a leader in executing major events globally, known for being an asset in the world of ceremonies, large-scale events, and broadcast. Dan has worked on major events such as Olympic ceremonies, the Asian Games, and the FIFA World Cup. Dan is currently focused on ECHO, a platform and ecosystem that he founded and leads as CEO. ECHO gives back to business leaders and entrepreneurs and helps to develop sustainability. Dan also hosts another podcast series called Rooted Within with his co-host Lily, which aims to represent and host people to share their stories, achievements and proud journeys and is focused around inclusivity. Through ECHO and its associated businesses, Dan is committed to driving innovation and sustainability in the events and entertainment industry. So welcome, Dan. Thank you so much, Abdurrahim, for the amazing introduction and echoing, echoing, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Nada, really, really excited to get this podcast underway and hopefully our listeners and our fellow members will take some, some great takeaways from this as we move further forward. Thank you, Dan. And Dan, before we even proceed further, I must say, uh, I think 
I spoke to Dan about this after the first meeting of the sustainability squad and it took about 60 seconds for us to agree <laughs> to just getting this done. Of course. So, thank po- you for giving us the opportunity. Anytime, to anytime. I think it's all part of our initiative to give back, but also as well, podcasts are huge at the moment. So I think it's incredible that the sustainability squad is um, driving all of this. But you've heard about us. <laughs> I think we need to hear about you, um, Abdurrahim. So I've got some notes here, so hopefully I get this all correct. Before we start, a little bit of an introduction on yourself. And it seems like you've worked for HSB, HSBC even um, for your whole life, I believe, since you were 14, um, which is incredible. Um, you've covered a range of roles from working in branches in South London to commercial banking and then strategy and marketing. Having helped HSBC revamp its global brand strategy and advertising tracking, you then moved to Dubai to cover 360 marketing roles, including working on some of the biggest sponsorship events in the region, including Abu Dhabi Golf, Expo 2020 and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia and their Future Investment Initiative. I believe where you were recognized by the Crown Prince for your work there. I wish he put it in writing. I would have framed it and that put would it up have in been my incredible. bedroom. That would have been incredible. That's such an accomplished word. Um, in 2021, you got an offer and you couldn't refuse to work for Dubai through the Dubai International Financial Center, uh, where you led the business marketing and helped the IFC in one of its best years and biggest contributions from marketing. Um, also currently contracting as a freelancer and working back with HSBC in the marketing team and the World Alliance of financial centers leading their sustainability, um, financial projects and communications, I believe. Yeah, so as a freelancer, when I finished my project with the DIFC, I thought to myself, what's the two things I want to achieve in, in a kind of explorative phase of my life? And one was to study Arabic. So Nada will be testing me, I'm sure. Throughout the <laughs> I, I definitely won't be because I, I don't understand much Arabic after 15 years. And I said, I want to do something around sustainable finance. And that leads me around what was my purpose of being part of this and setting this up was my son was born, my third son, I should say, was born on the 19th of July uh, last year, 2022. And it was the hottest day on record in the UK at 42 degrees Celsius. Wow. And so when he was born, we were, we were literally sweating heaps in the hospital. And I said to myself, what am I going to do to make sure this guy has a future and say to him, I did something about all this climate change. And so I set out about working on sustainable finance projects. And this leads me to one of the reasons why I'm here today. That's amazing. Yeah. Nada, so what motivated you to join the squad and host the series? So um, the first motivation is really encountering the marketing society. I'm new to Dubai. I just moved here a year and a half ago and I was looking for um, a home beyond my, my job. I was looking for I always like to do volunteer work because I think it's uh, my responsibility to contribute beyond being a mom and beyond uh, being a professor. What can I do also to contribute to the wider community? So I, I was looking for a home. So I, uh, I tried various uh, associations and then I encountered the marketing society. And I really felt that I fit there with my marketing fellows. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of good energy, uh, a lot of willingness to make a difference. And uh, then this sustainability squad came about and I said, yes, this is exactly the fit for me uh, because I've always been interested in uh, ESG related topics uh, when I was working in Geneva and uh, now that I moved here, I also try to embed a lot of um, these elements into my teachings uh, as part of my responsibility of building uh, responsible future leaders. So then I said, yes, I want to be part of this uh, squad. And I'm very delighted because 
The members are really there to to work hard, uh, give a lot of their free time, uh, contribute with amazing content. And also just want to follow on from some of the points like Nada mentioned, you know, from my perspective as well, just very grateful to be able to, to help support this opportunity. Uh, we have a wonderful podcast studio. Uh, so really looking at how we can support the marketing society and the sustainability squad in particular in terms of amplifying that messaging that we're all working so hard behind the scenes to achieve. Um, you mentioned about the incredible members. I've been fortunate to be on some of the calls and we have a team of very very dedicated event professionals that are really looking at contributing um, towards improving this agenda and really looking at how we can can get that message out to, to the members. So anything we can do, we're very, very grateful. So that's why I'm here, just to, to help support you guys as much as possible and be part of the conversation. So Nada, before I get into today's topic about ESG and marketing and a kind of free-fall dialogue between us three in our experiences within marketing and, and around sustainability principles within it, I want you to tell our audience a little bit more about the sustainability squad who we are, what the squad does, and the kind of where it's born from and what we're trying to achieve. So it's just a group of volunteers. Uh, nobody's paid to do this. Everybody's doing this on top of their jobs, on top of their busy schedule. Marketing experts who are really passionate about sustainability and who want to do something, but have so many questions. Because the truth is that when you look at sustainability, it's often confined within the role of a sustainability officer. And uh, from a marketing perspective, we have a lot of marketers that want to come together and say, at my level, what can I do? Please show me all the options, show me all the possibilities and show me how can I make an impact and let's come together and do that. So I think that's the heart of what we do at the Sustainability Squad. And we are operating at several levels. So I am in charge of the contact leg, but we also have a training leg and an events leg. So we really want to impact the members of the marketing society, but we also want to contribute at the community level into bringing awareness. Because what happened when we met the first time, we found out that the main challenge was an awareness challenge. Mm -hmm. Most of the people, when they're talking about sustainability or ESG, they go climate net zero. Yeah. And there is a whole social angle that is social sustainability that's there, that's important and that we can impact as well that we should be paying attention to. So me coming from Geneva, for me, the SDGs was something that everybody was aware of because the UN was right <laughs> next door. But then coming here, one of the things that was surprising is how much people, when they talk about sustainability, go immediately into climate and are not aware of the whole spectrum yeah. of the SDGs. So one of the key actions that the sustainability squad will be doing is uh, happening at the level of awareness and yeah. education before we move to impact. And I know that I'm part of the events team, so we're really excited <laughs> at some point of how we can take lots of this great content and the key messaging behind everything that we're trying to do in the initiatives and turn them into some really interesting events and how we can engage with members and the wider community in general. Um, so very excited about how we can move that further forward. And Dan, as you said that, what are the biggest considerations in your opinion, and I'll come to you, Nada, in a second, for marketeers when it comes to ESG? Ooh... That's a very good question. I have to be very um, transparent. Like my background's not marketing. Um, so I come from the world of live events and entertainment. You know, just echoing that awareness. I think there's a massive misconception around sustainability. I think people gravitate quite quickly towards the environmental side. For me, what I'm really passionate about and where I want to contribute most is around like the more human-centric side, that social side and the economic side, um, and how we can look at how we can really empower people to be making more informed choices and moving further forward. I guess that's the role of marketeers, isn't it? Is to, to get that meshing out and to kind of influence behavior in a way or, or buying or 
messaging. So for me, I guess the yeah, that's what I'm really excited to to see and to see the the marketing side to help support with. From an events perspective as well, have you seen a shift from your 15 years here? People yeah. have just been like getting things done without much consideration towards sourcing sustainably, yeah. sustainably or or you know activations is a big part of what we do. I mean, it's multiple folds. So in the 15 years that I've been here, there's there's definitely a massive shift. And I don't know if it's just a massive shift now because the UAE is hosting COP. I think what this country does very well, and you alluded it to in the introduction or in previous conversations, is we adapt to things quite quickly here. You know, this is the year of sustainability. It's mandated by the government. Um, so I think many people are now jumping onto the, the journey in terms of becoming more sustainable. I think what we as an events industry have to be mindful of is, you know, we, we have to really make sure that we are being truly sustainable. It's not just a box ticking exercise in order to to showcase to our potential clients or partners that, you know, we're, we're acting sustainably. We actually have to deliver upon it. And um, we work in the events industry is probably one of the most wasteful industries known to, to many people around here. Um, you know, when it comes to the world of events and exhibitions, we throw away so much stuff. You know, we're, we're constantly producing from scratch. So I know personally that, you know, the wastage is massive. Um, and then when you look at catering, food wastage, you know, that's another one. Travel, you know, we can often be flying people from all over the world just to come to events or to host events here. So I think there's definitely lots of things that the events industry now is looking at to either offset it um, to look at how we can we can make it better because we won't eradicate it completely, but also looking at how we can do things differently, how we can reuse things even more, how we can make more informed choices. And also as well, when it comes to the, the kind of economic side, you know, there was um, a lot for a long time, the events industry was imported from overseas into the UAE. So there was lots of international companies that would come here, would deliver a job here, would be paid locally, but would then take that money out of the economy. I think what we're seeing now is a greater support in local businesses, local entrepreneurship, local agencies. And we're seeing now that the, the economics is more sustainable within country. So it's, it's definitely changing. Um, I think this year will be very interesting as we head towards Q4 with COP. There's a lot of people with that as like an end goal. I just hope that after COP, we maintain the, the momentum and it's not just a singular singular event, that this has to be something which is tangible for the future. I think you hit the, the question, you nailed it, to be honest. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's almost like I've done this before. <laughs> and Nada, talking more broadly from your experiences, um, there where we're saying from an events perspective, how things have become a little bit more circular, you could say, and sourcing more locally. But on a broader perspective, what do you think the biggest driving forces are for marketing? Well, I think uh, we marketers are the experts of behavior change. And yeah. sustainability is all about changing behavior. I think marketing should be involved in every campaign or even if it's within a company internally, because we know how to do that. We, we know how to drive communication. We know how to drive messages to change these kinds of behavior. From a strategy perspective, I think it is our job to reinvent business models. I'm thinking about a lot of companies who, who invented circular economy, sharing economy, driving minimalistic behaviors with a new value proposition. This is something we can do. I'm thinking about uh, the likes of Ubers. I'm thinking about the likes of Patagonia in the fashion industry, reusing some pre-loved items. Yeah. So there is a lot uh, that marketers, because of our ability to change behavior and our ability to think creatively, uh, that we can really do to, uh, to impact this area. Also a lot about societal change. For example, in the region, we see that, uh, for example, what Procter & Gamble has been doing uh, in terms of sharing the load, for example, changing society norms in terms of uh, gender roles. For example, yeah. the campaign about sharing the loads is a detergent campaign where they are showcasing 
and was done throughout the region and also up to, to India about uh, washing the clothes being a female role and, and, and really showing the burden that this is adding to everyday life and how um, uh, th- this is putting this burden and how the female feels about it and how this is simply bringing awareness to this load and this burden. And also marketing, I think it's important being a marketer and being an educator myself, awareness is the number one priority. Many people want to do something, but even for their personal lives, they don't know what to do. They say, oh, I want to be more sustainable, but I don't really know what are the options, what are the possibilities. So I think it's also our responsibility to find ways to drive awareness and give people some guidelines as to how they can make an impact, whether it's at the corporate level, but also at the individual level. And I think that's the exciting thing about what we're all trying to achieve is like the intention is there from everybody that we're talking to and from within our own organizations Mm -hmm. now. Sustainability is kind of that, that number one topic that everybody's, you know, looking at, at addressing. Um, but it goes back to awareness, even internally within our own team, you know, simple things as learning how to recycle. You know, we have to reinforce that message time and time again so that people understand how to do it. And it's not actually as difficult as, as you know, people may, may perceive it to be, but it is about driving that awareness. I think that's the incredible opportunity that the marketing society has with the sustainability squad is you could really influence those behavioral changes and help that awareness and, and push this even further forward in a very exciting way. I'll only add one thing which I read, which is interesting, is I think post-COVID, everybody started talking more around purpose and values. Yeah. And then I found that Forbes has actually reported that whilst marketing has generally been responsible for growth as, as, a, as a sector, as an industry, people focus on marketing to help deliver growth for the business. And to be honest, my first few years here in this region as well, I picked up on that as, yeah. as, as this is your responsibility for driving growth. Now the shift as, think, as a as an industry, as a sector, the transformational shift that we've seen is going from growth to actually helping drive the narrative around purpose, ESG and values. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest shift we've seen in our industry. Tech disrupts, right? Yeah. But this is a bigger shift in how we think. So uh, I think we should think about how these can work together. Yeah. And if you look at minimalistic behaviors, which are uh, anti-consumption behavior, There are a lot of business models that foster minimalism and still deliver on the double digit. So I think uh, these are should go hand in hand. Um, How can we deliver business growth while hurting the planet less, while being more sustainable? So, yes, purpose is something that we are witnessing. And one thing I always say that maybe our generation messed up the planet. But one thing we can really be proud of is how we are educating the upcoming generations. So I am now in the phase of teaching Gen Zers and they're all about purpose. So I'm going to be slightly controversial. I also think that Gen Zs are teaching us a lot of things. True. Um, I was about to say. Yeah, because yeah. like internally within our company, I think our, our demographic is probably on average around about 25 years old and at 42 years old, I'm starting to feel old. <laughs> like they're teaching me what to do and also as well, they're the ones which have shown me and influence my decisions and my own internal kind of thought process in terms of what my purpose now is. Um, So I think there's a really interesting dynamic where you have two kind of, not opposing generations, but two different generations. And I think working together, you have the ability to create something really special. And I think that's where the change is going to come from. It's it's very nice that you said that because in the content group of the Sustainability Squad, we have a track on intergenerational communication where uh, we're going to make business leaders talk to uh, students, uh, higher ed students, about uh, various topics such as sustainable fashion, such as as diversity and inclusion, and uh, exchange and have that dialogue Mm -hmm. going there. So... And coming back to that point, and to finish what I was going to say was the the fact that 
comes back to the triple bottom line. Like it's about people, planet, and profit, and making yeah. sure all of those into work together, and how companies are actually taking those points on board. So actually, the point Forbes makers as a as an industry, yes, I feel this is the biggest transformational shift we've seen. That you know we're not just going to be responsible for profit, but we need to think about people and planet yeah. at the same time. And I, I, in my experiences of certain brands, we've seen how they're talking about that on a marketing table. But that leads really nicely to my next question, which is from your experiences, do you really think it's just a marketeer's job to navigate that change in an organization? Or do you think marketeers should be responsible for bringing everybody else around the table? Or is it somebody else? I think you can only drive uh, sustainability agendas if you put the whole system behind it. Yeah. I was really surprised because, you know, I had a conversation with several HR directors, learning and development directors, and I asked them, what are you doing in terms of sustainability? Are you teaching, uh, you know, your, your, your employees and, and, and uh, these, these various topics and how they can contribute? And they said, sorry, Nada, we don't know about this topic. We are not involved in this topic. We'll put you in touch with our chief sustainability officer. And for me, you know, it led me to ask myself the question. I have a lot of respects of these companies that they work for. Is this really greenwashing? Yeah. When you are serious about sustainability, I believe that it should become part of your organizational culture. Part of the culture. Everyone should have it. In the same way that, you know, all the business leaders are very clear that if you don't have the culture, you cannot drive change. Yeah. And why are you not putting sustainability as part of your corporate culture? Yeah. Why are you not making it within the system? Why are you not teaching your employees how to recycle, how to be more sustainable themselves in their homes? So then it becomes embedded in their day to day. So then when they come, they can start offering some recommendations at their level on how they can drive sustainability. Yeah. Unfortunately, isolating it to one department, mm -hmm. I don't believe that's the right way to go and that's the right way to achieve the objective. Because essentially it should be embedded throughout all departments, you know, in order to make the real impact within organizations, it has to be driven from the top, essentially, you know, whether that's like board level, C-suite level or senior management. And then it's the job of marketeers, I guess, to really help support that messaging in a way that people can understand it or they can dissect it and they can actually resonate with it. Yeah. And I think that's something which is really important. Something which I've noticed when dealing with people, you know, if you try to tell people to recycle or you give them an instruction to do something the reality is nine times out of ten they're probably just going to ignore it or not do it but when you make them emotionally connected to why it's important to do something and they feel invested and empowered to make a small change themselves i think that's where the greatest impact comes from i think that's the power of marketeers because you can really help or you know we as an industry really help tell that you know that storytelling and make it emotive and make it resonate with humans and with people because it is all about people and planet. I and, mean, you know, as we mentioned, profit, but that goes back into the, I guess, the economic sustainability of like, you know, we're all here to, to succeed in life and to do great things. Um, so we need to, yeah, work together to be able to achieve it. Holistically, when we're looking at the components of marketing through channels, we should probably be looking at how can we navigate better practices? And yeah. throughout the series, we're going to have a creative industry perspective and a media industry perspective coming up as well. That's something to look out for because we're already going to deep dive into how we can actually better plan activity as a marketing function and take in ESG principles along the way before you even put things out into the market. And that's where we can navigate change through the business as well. And I think that this can happen. <laughs> I think today, one of the ways we can get around that is to change how we perceive sustainability from the business side. Yeah. Today, it's perceived as a cost center. Oh, yeah. if you want to do sustainability, you need a budget. 
But then if we turn it around and start seeing how can we produce value, reduce costs through sustainability, maybe the giveaways, give them as NFTs or give them as, you know, some digital assets, things like this, where uh, we see sustainability as a value, business value added and embedding it in the KPIs of employees, that every employee should have a KPI around sustainability at their level. This is how you're going to create the system and the organizational culture that will drive the results. And from a business point of view, you know, when you talk about sustainability, people always think, oh, that's really expensive. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you go down to it, and this is something which we're doing with our clients, it's like, you know, they often build structures, for example, you know, you have multiple clients that are having an exhibition and they will go out to tender repeatedly throughout the year for the same product, essentially. Why don't you build something which is much more sustainable? It's more long-term. Yes, it might cost you a little bit more in the beginning, but build it modular, build it so you can use it time and time again and think a bit more long-term rather than short-term. And I think if we can start to influence those type of behaviors as well, like from my industry, from the events industry, that's where we'll start to see impact um, because it's such a, a kind of throwaway, wasteful type of industry. And there is going to have to be some real significant behavioral shifts and different ways of thinking in order to, to achieve it moving further forward. Here's another one that I found, and it leads exactly to this point. Okay. Deloitte, actually, in 2020, their global marketing trends report actually said purpose-driven companies experience higher market share gains and grow three times faster on average than their competitors, whilst also increasing workforce and customer satisfaction. So it goes back to your point. It has to be ingrained across the organization, across all functions. And it shouldn't be, this is just another activity we need to do for a period of time because we're talking about it in the UAE for one year. It needs to be ingrained in the organization from point A to point Z. And I think that's the only way you're going to able to hit your, your strategy around ESG, but make that difference. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to make those change makers come to light from the region who can show how they've taken work uh, around marketing, um, around better ESG practices and give them a, a spotlight to shine, but also help them share their stories to see how marketeers can take their experiences yeah. to navigate change within their own organizations. So, I agree. One other message that I'd like to share with our viewers as well is that basically many people are navigating this change. So it's a it's not going to be linear from one step to, yeah. to the 10th step or whatever it may be. You're going to take a period of time to get better at better practices. So you shouldn't be out of a fear of greenwashing that you should stop activity. This is all about trying to inspire change and activity. We want brand action. And I think for the last five years, really, I'm focused around brand action. And there's some great event agencies, Dan's one of them, that can actually help (laughs) you. (laughs) (laughs) One, one, One can actually, that helps you navigate doing activities around action. And I feel... You know, it's it's a transition, right? Yeah. And we talk about energy transition, but the whole thing is about a transition from getting from no principles, no strategy around ESG to being better at it. Yeah. So people shouldn't fear. You should have a good communications angle and thought through process around how to navigate around greenwashing. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong on that. But people shouldn't be scared of not doing something. No, I agree. And also as well, like, you know, we're human. Like we just want to make an impact and we yes. want to make it better. So I think definitely people shouldn't be scared of contributing or for actually getting it wrong because we, we don't always get it right. You know, myself, I'm kind of going through this whole journey right now to understand sustainability and look at how I personally can improve. Do I get it right all the time? Do I? No, not at all. However, using initiatives like this to reinforce messages and to re-educate people or to further educate people is vital in order for us all to start, yeah, just making small little lifestyle changes, I guess, that will make a greater impact when it all comes together. I think that 
leads me very well to my final question, which actually goes to Nada, but Dan will take your perspective on it too. It's actually it's people who are going to make the change, right? It's yeah. People who work in organizations, people who are going to navigate this. Maybe in a few years, well, by 2027, according to a few people, it's going to be robots. But we have the, we hold a pen right now to make the change, especially within our industry. But Nada, my question actually for you was 20 years of marketing strategy and much marketing experience and now actually lecturing on it. How have you seen the narrative change from profit-led to purpose-led in the classroom and in the boardroom? And I like your perspective around that. Well, purpose is um, central now. Everybody, especially the younger generation, purpose is part of their choice for not only for products, but also for the company that they would be working for. They are meaning-centric in the sense where they want to see what, what are they doing beyond getting that salary. So that's, that's very important. So this is something that is really in the heart of my students' concerns, the younger ones. It's also environment and planet is at the heart of their concern. Also sustainability is. The boardroom, I don't see the same passion for it. I see them getting to it from consumer data and consumer insights and being more rational about it (laughs) and saying this is the future trend and we need to be ready for these future trends. So, um... That's why uh, this goes back to my point about this intergenerational conversation. I think it's very necessary that the CEO talks to the new hirees and understands their mentality and how they are looking at life. The boardroom is still, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy in the boardroom if we look at COVID and how people started working from home and how this was sustainable for the environment as was celebrated as being sustainable environment. Yes, now we notice a lot of these CEOs wanting people to be back in the office and uh, every day. And the younger generations don't understand this controversy. They say, well, we thought you said it was good for the environment and that we're going to have a hybrid work setting. And now all of a sudden you want us to go back to, you know, every day working from office. So please take a stand. Are you pro sustainability or do you still want us to drive every day to office? And so I think in terms of the boardroom, we need to bring more clarity and consistency when it comes to these topics and take a consistent stance as opposed to, you know, um, browsing or navigating between consumer insights and uh, business profits and all the HR practices. So uh, there is a need, I think, for them to be more in touch with the younger generations and understand their uh, mindset. From my side, I think boardrooms will eventually change. They'll have to change. (laughs) I think, you know, all businesses need to be profitable. If you're not profitable, you're not sustainable. You can't reinvest. I think what will happen moving further forward, I think boards will become more accountable. Um, I think there'll have to be a lot more transparency in terms of where those profits are being invested, whether it's into um, like CSR initiatives or, you know, investing in people or investing in offsetting carbon emissions. I don't know what, you know, it could be anything. Um, but I think the the next generation of employees or workers within our industries, I think they're the ones that are going to drive that change. I think boards will have to adapt. If they don't, ad- don't adapt, essentially, you know, in the not too distant future, they may become obsolete. Because there's other companies which are evolving quite quickly, being very innovative in how they structure their businesses and how they have greater representation from from multiple people within their organizations. And yeah, people are becoming a bit more selective, I guess, in where they're working and making sure that their employees and their business are aligned to their values. And if you want good talent, then you're going to have to make sure that we attract them. And I think by doing all of these sustainability initiatives and looking after people and investing the profits wisely, um, not just into the pockets of shareholders or board members, mm. um, I think that will be vital for, for businesses moving further forward. So it will, it will naturally evolve, I think, and it will be forced by that next generation of uh, workforce. And that actually is a, one of the beauties of 
COP28 happening yeah. later this year in Dubai, which which actually they're going to get a lot more involvement from the next generation and young people uh, yeah. involved around the topics of COP. Uh, and in the discourse, I think some of the days planned around COP will be around that. And we're going to try and get some speakers from COP onto this podcast sooner rather than later as well. For It you. will be incredible. But that leaves me with our final thing, which we wanted to do with all our co-hosts for today and our guests along this series was to actually say, what are your top three practical advices for marketeers to make a difference, be it personally or professionally? Ooh, that's a very <laughs> difficult question. I didn't want to put um, this off any script yeah, that we should. I wanted to come up with an after I mean, the discussion. For me, it has to be authenticity. Like we have to be really authentic about this. I think people can really see now if I'm allowed to say it behind the bull. I'm not going to say the whole word. Um, like, you know, again, it, it goes back into accusation of greenwashing. If you don't truly believe, if you don't truly mean this or believe in it, people can start to see through that. Uh, so I guess marketers or people in my industry events, if we say we're going to do it, we have to do it, we have to believe in it. For me also as well, like greater engagement with next generation. You know, I really like what you were talking about, Nadra, about that intergenerational conversation. On a personal level, I've learned so much from our younger employees um, and team members, but I also think that they can learn so much from the people with the, the years of experience. You know, we can't discredit either. And um, I think working together, that will be imperative. So having dialogue. Yeah. And what was the final one? Wow. I'm not sure, actually. It doesn't have to be three. Um, <laughs> but again, just, you know, that awareness, really, and just, you know, reinforcing the message, getting out there. For me, things around sustainability, you know, it's emotional. It has to be emotionally connected. Otherwise, you know, people don't necessarily resonate with it or they don't believe in it or they don't buy into it. So if you can, if you can tell that emotional storytelling and understand, and make people understand, sorry, why sustainability should be important to them or their children or that next generation, I think that's where you're going to capture them. And that's how you're going to get them on board with the movement that I guess everyone's trying to create. So mm. from, from, your pers- from Dan's perspective, it's awareness, awareness in- yeah. inclusivity of the younger generation into dialogues, that reverse mentoring kind of thing that yeah. we've explored today. And then driving that positive impact through your own passion to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, there you go. You summarized it really nice. Thank you. <laughs> Nada. So uh, for me, start at home. I believe uh, uh. you should always uh, look in the mirror whenever you want to advocate for something and start making little changes at home and driving that change of culture at home because we are shaped by the five people that are uh, next to us um, in our close environment. And if these people are on a day-to-day basis acting towards a more sustainable environment, that's going to get you to sustain also uh, your actions. So start at home. The second one, I believe, is start. Don't wait for the perfect initiative, like what we said before. Don't be scared to be accused of greenwashing or not being perfect. My experience is that uh, when you do baby steps, but consistently throughout time, you're going to look back after one year and you're going to be like, wow, I have accomplished so much. But don't think too much forward about the big things you, you will achieve. Think about the small things you will achieve and let it grow as you are achieving more baby steps. And the third thing, thing is join uh, the sustainability squad. Yes. <laughs> nice. Because I believe that when you are with like-minded people that are aiming for the same thing, then you can achieve more. And um, this podcast wouldn't have happened if we didn't come together. Yeah, agree. So uh, join a group of like-minded people that have the same values and the same purpose. And this will also um, motivate you and keep you on your toes for achieving more. Without trying to sing, so for you, your your three were let it grow. I'm not going to try and sing that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before somewhere. A Disney movie. <laughs> let it grow. Yes. Uh, start somewhere and join the squad. Yes. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to beat that one. Yeah, I don't know. Go on, yours quick. For me, it's uh, very quickly, I'd probably say at the top of my mind, the things that came to, to me were around 
yeah, taking that initial step is very important. I think as marketeers, particularly, we can influence and drive that, speak up, speak up and say something about it. Clue yourself up around how you as an organization, as a brand can influence that change. And I think live between hope and fear because we probably had a bit of fear for the last few years uh, and there's still a lot more fear to come. But there's hope, but you need to be that that person who can make that hope come out that there will be a better future for, for us as a human race, uh, effectively. So yeah. there's a lot of fear, but unless you get clued up about what, what those things are, you're not going to be able to do something about it unless you get out of bed and do it. So like I said, I think you summarized it nicely to end with join the squad. <laughs> there we go. So that's all we've got time for today. I think we've slightly overrun, but thank you very much to Dakshi and the team for, yeah. for letting us go over. I really want to thank Nada for joining us today and making this happen uh, and sharing some really interesting insights and actions for us to take. And Dan, once again, thank you for letting us do this in your Anytime. studio and your insights today have been really remarkable for oh, us to think you. about and you nearly got me singing as well which <laughs> would never happen in public <laughs> um, and also thank you to you for making all this happen uh, <laughs> yes thank for, you for being in the driving seat for, <laughs> for the last few weeks and looking forward to many more episodes to likewise. come likewise pleasure yes. and I'll only be possible with people like you contributing to it so thank you very much please feel free to carry on this dialogue and conversation on social media let us know what you thought of this episode and other things that you may want to get to know of from this series and any other speakers who want to be part of it. We have a good lineup, I promise you. So thank you very much for joining us today. Join us at the next episode where we will hear from another leading marketing expert around marketing and ESG. As promised, we're going to hear from the creative industry, from the media industry and others. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much and see you next time. See you next time. Thank you. Marketing Society Sustainability Squad podcast, leading the conversation on ESG.